Last live game of the season is coming up this Sunday. S. Pedwarek, S4C, Scorio. We've got an early kickoff, 12.15 for the big game. Winner takes all. Europa League playoff final between Kevin Druids, who are home to Cardiff Met. Just a bunch of students. That's what their manager, Christian Edwards, accused everyone of just calling them, dismissing them, but they're in the final. And they've got a good test against Huey Griffiths' men. So looking forward to this one at the cliff. Is that what it's called? Oh, The Rock. The Rock. Sorry. Wrong stadium name. The Rock, I think it's called. That's where I'll be putting in the sat-nav anyway. So 12.15 on Sunday. It should be a cracker, honestly. These teams played each other a couple of weeks ago, and it was a feisty one. Tackles flying everywhere. Tactically, it's going to be a good battle. Formation-wise, what are these two teams going to play? All sorts of questions. How do you get the answers? That's what you're asking me. Well, tune in. 12.15 on Sunday for this cracker. Ken Druids against Cardiff Met. See you there. Hi there. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Longman's Football World with Owen Tidir Jones. Special guest this week, certainly relevant to the, the week that we've just had in football. He's back for more, second time on the podcast, the little maestro, Leon Britton. Went over to Swansea, met up with him once again. Thank you to the Morgans Hotel for your hospitality. And he's certainly been in the headlines this week. Played his final game for Swansea. Um quite emotional really uh, certainly under the circumstances I know they'd been wanting to put this news out for a couple of weeks just couldn't do it waiting for the team to to get a result to announce that Leon would be playing his final game Angel as well Angel Rangel leaving the club but Leon for good hanging up those little boots those little size threes and quite frankly I think he deserved better the team just couldn't get that one win that meant that the club could announce this was happening and there'd be a little bit of a feel-good factor going into the last game. Not a feel-good factor, everybody's going to miss, miss him, that is for sure, but just to pay the respects, which I know they did, but under the circumstances, a tough one. So, nightmare season for the Swans. Ended up in relegation, ended up with Leon Britton retiring, Angel Rangel leaving. Just not, not a nice feeling at the moment, which is a which is a huge shame. But I thought it was important to catch up with him, have a good little chat, um, get to know his thoughts. You know why retirement? Uh, before recording, talking about the possibility of maybe going to another club, carrying on somewhere else, whether it's a Celtic up in Scotland and the Brendan. I feel certainly that's something he could have done. Um, quite comfortably but he just felt physically he was done it was time to time to give it up time to enjoy life and uh, I'm sure he'll be a huge success in his in his new role um, as an ambassador of the club so spreading a good word alongside Lee Trundle so he'll do a good job good luck to him whatever he decides after that um, ambassador role and beyond 
sure there'll, there'll be all sorts of media work out there for Leon. He has been an incredible servant for the club. One of the best ever. I believe the most influential player to ever play for the club. He's certainly up there with the likes of Alan Curtis, Robbie James and and the rest of them. So, huge honour to have played with him. Huge honour to get him on the podcast for a second time. Hope you guys enjoy it. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen About his seven caps, his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace Now it's a long shot Britain, you are back, mate. Back for more. Eh? It's been a bit embarrassing, really. Texting me all the time every week. Get me back on. Could be the first one he's been on twice, is it? Mm. How does oh. that make you feel? Well, it's a privilege, to be honest with you, mate, to be the. Um, you know, I know how well it's going. The standard of people that you've had on this podcast to be the first person to be on uh, for a second time is, is up there with the big achievements in my uh, life and career. Number one? Number one, if the missus listens to this, it's got to be the birth of uh, the kids. Yeah. Um, marriage? Uh, yeah, marriage as well. Probably so, second. Oh, so podcast second, marriage third? You probably are right. Promotion to the Premier League fourth? Mm, whole fourth. Promotion fifth. Interesting. Interesting. It's a pleasure to have you back on, mate. You know, Lee Trundle, he was on before you for the first time. Not quite made the, uh, not quite made it, has he? He's not really. But then, to be fair, what's he done since the last podcast, really? You tell me. Probably not a lot. You know, been to the gym a bit more. Looking yeah. very big. Strong um, boy. He's a very strong boy. But apart from that, mate, I don't think there'll be too much more he's done in recent months. Let's not mess about here, lad. The reason you're here, retirement. <laughs> it's done. It is done. Time to rest up. It's time to put these little legs up on the sofa and uh, and rest up, mate. Yeah, no. Yeah, retirement's come, mate. I think it's the right time. How long has he been on the cards? I think he's been on the cards throughout this season, really, if I'm being honest. I think... So not before? Not really before. I, t- to be fair, obviously the back end of last season under Paul, um, I played the last five games. Maybe if I didn't play the last five games, um, I didn't really feature too much up until that point that there might have been questions in my head but I finished I played the last five games I felt I'd done well so I felt 
I definitely had another season than me, which is why I signed the contract. But through this season, very, do you know what? From the first day of pre-season, we done like a, a bit of a warm-up test and I pulled my calf in it in the, on the first day, like, you know? Yeah. And that's just basically set the tone throughout the season. Small injuries, two, three weeks, train two weeks, out for a couple of weeks, 10 days. That's set the tone for me that my body, I think my body's just telling me this year that I've pushed it and pushed it. And that- How old are you now, Bruce? Pardon? How old? Uh, 35. And I, I've been training every day since 14 when I went to Lillyshaw National School. So you're talking the best best part of twenty years, like pushing my body every day. So, you know. and no no real long term injuries. Not really. The longest injury I had, I think, was under Monks. I had a, a stress fracture in my knee, which kept me out for three months. Which, in uh, you know, a twenty year career or eighteen year professional career, whatever it is, it's not bad. You know, three three months out is your longest period. It's not bad, but it's just been the odd two three weeks, like you know, that's kept me out. Is that your excuse for Monks not picking you? Well, he didn't pick me at the start, did he? And then when things got a bit tough and... Uh, oh, the call came back. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden the phone started ringing and Monks popped up on the phone and... Uh, so you went from like your teammate and your mates and you know, you're going on nights out together choice. to binning you and yeah. you know, publicly saying, this man is seventh choice. Maybe not even that. Yeah, you you're know? probably right. Yeah. I think I was ahead of you. He was like... That's you know, how desperate we were. <laughs> real desperate, you see, you know. Tudor Jones, he's not signed on, but he is ahead of Leon. I was that far down the pecking order, to be <laughs> fair, mate. It was. But, but then the going, the going started getting tough for the monk. Came and, crawling back, did he? Well, yeah, you know, got the phone call. Uh, they know. all did, didn't they, Leon? I've had a few phone calls, <laughs> I've, had, I've had a few knocks from the manager to say, oh, I need your help now. Oh, where was you uh, six months ago, but... No, it was a little bit like that with Monks. Didn't pick me at the start, but... And like you say, though, to be fair, a lot of the managers I've played under more in recent years, as I've obviously grown older and towards the back end of my career. Um, you know, even to an extent, Paul last year. Was it, we went through a, bar a bad spell and um, wasn't playing, and then I come in for the, for the Stoke game and played the last four or five games, which obviously we stayed up, but... And under Francesco, is a bit of a common occurrence really you, you know you're not you're not a bragger but serious question now if you want to come back in the team at the back end of last season do you think the state the team would have stayed up you, um, had, you, you know I'm not, I'm not putting yeah, you on no, the spot and stuff you had a big impact I was watching the games and stuff like yeah. that I think I think um, it's difficult for me to say whether we would have stayed up or not if I hadn't played I just think the team needed someone to come in there and just give a bit of leadership and a little bit of uh, someone just to take responsibility. Isn't it weird, like, how just, maybe it's because you're so small and you like, fit in my little pocket. That Makes if, a change, man. I've had you in my pocket all training <laughs> sessions. We ever trained in. But you, if, if you want a header, especially at the end of last season, yeah. if you want a header, that's it, unopposed, that the crowd just went nuts. But like a Leon Britton tackle, a Leon Britton tackle or something, would be almost as good as winning a the penalty goal. or something. Yeah. What the f You've bamboozled these fans <laughs> long enough, man. Mate, they've been bamboozled over the last 10 years, so anything I can do, mate, they've got them rose-tinted glasses on, but nah. Like you say, but then the fans are great with me, mate, you know, to be fair. 
they say winning a header, they're absolutely buzzing. You know, the, the boys, sometimes the teammates are like, what the is yeah. going on? Like, you know, you win a tackle and they beat a man and, and put a good cross in and they don't get the same reaction, but... It's a respect thing over time though, isn't it? You know, that's an... If a new signing comes in and he wins that header, he wins that tackle, it's, it's whatever, it's what you should do. Yeah. But because you're that small, you know, that's why they're taking you under their wing, thinking, ah, oh, bless him. There's not many players under five foot, mate, who win headers against players six foot plus. So when they do see that, um, especially against someone like Peter Crouch, mate, it is, <laughs> it is a, you know, a sight to behold, really. And unfortunately, mate, it's ended on a bit of a sour note. Not, not for you personally, but relegation. I mean, we're filming this, recording this on, what is it, a Thursday night? Thursday so there's night, still yeah. a chance. There's still a chance, obviously. You know, we need mathematically. A, we need a 10-goal swing, don't we? We need to mm. win 5-0. Man City to win 5-0. But, listen, it, I would much rather be sat here talking about Swansea securing another season in the Premier League or winning the League Cup or something and finishing it in a fairy tale ending. It would, that would be, obviously, the dream. But, you know, unfortunately, it's not ended up like that. But... I've got to look back at my career and at, you know, at Swansea and just say you know, I've been very fortunate from where we were to where we are today. I know, you know, relegation's uh, very likely, but I can't, I can't complain. It's been, it's been amazing, really. It's been an incredible journey from where we started to where we are now and how much the club's grown on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, I, would, I would have loved it to have finished a bit different, but, you know, we, football's like that you can't you can't always end the, the way you want it to end do you think you could have played a little bit more this season you, you know have you uh, I know that there's a little clamour for Brits should be playing more and, and this and that have you felt physically do you know what it, it wasn't to be this season whether you've had little injuries and stuff like that a little bit like that I think where I've not been able to train regular um, you know like say like a, a two month period where I've trained and trained and trained and felt in a really good condition I maybe train for four weeks and then I pick up like a week's injury or even like uh, even if it's like a three or four days which knocks you back and then you're going back into the group and it puts doubts in, in the manager's mind obviously I'm 35 um, not training as much as they would like uh, picking up all these injuries I, I think it's difficult. If I stayed fit and had a run in the team, then maybe, maybe I, maybe I would feel that I could, could have contributed more. But like I say I think my body has told me this year, as much as I don't want it to. I think it has been a case of like the injuries have caught up with me, times caught up with me, the amount of football has, and you know, I would have been there if I'm fit to to give the manager an option. But I think the manager's pull and. Uh, obviously, in recent months, Carlos have looked at it and when I've been fit and thought, you know, they, they felt there's better options there um, for them to pick. Isn't it weird how like your body just shuts down? Mine shut down. I think the day I turned professional. <laughs> but so towards the end, like you almost want retirement. It's like I, you might, you might feel different. For for me, the day that I retired, it was like a weight off my shoulders that. You know, I can move on with life, get out of this football bubble to a certain extent. Is that how you feel? I do feel, I do feel like that a little bit, and especially in recent months, I've been, I've been thinking about it. And, you know, I've made, I made the decision, um, probably, probably months ago, really, that this was going to be my last year um, playing. 
But no, I, I, you know, I am ready. Some some players aren't ready, but I do feel that I'm. You know, this is the right time, and that you know, there is other things to look forward to in life. Obviously, football's been a, a massive part in in my life and my family's life. But um, you know, there's a there's life after football, and it's something that I'm looking forward to. Like yourself, maybe I will feel that little bit of relief that after Sunday when I finish that game against Stoke, that you know, I can look back and be proud of what I've achieved. But then. Again, look forward to the next the next chapter in my life. The little niggly injuries are little little bastards, aren't they? Really, because like I used to have big injuries and think I'm almost praying for a little one. I'm thinking every time I get injured, it's like a three monther. Mm. Ah, why can't I just get like a three weeker? A little hamstring one. And then I started getting the three weekers, and you're like they're almost more annoying. Yeah. Where you th- you think am I right to play and you're not? It's just been a frustration, frustrating couple of years. Yeah. It is like because it's the same thing as well, like. I get injured for two weeks. I go in the treat. I go in the treatment room. I go through the same routine. If it's a calf injury, right? I start with treatment for the first four or five days and whatnot. Then you're in the gym. You're on the bike, doing a bit. Then you back out on the on the training ground one to one with a physio, doing the runs, the boring runs. Then I go back into the group, and then I'm, you know, two weeks later, I feel something else, a groin, and then it's only a two week job. Do you, do you but feel, then it's the same, feel, and it's like. Do you feel embarrassed? Like, whether it's what the players think or the physios, you, you're like a little bit self-conscious and you think, oh, for God's sake, what are these going to think now? I'm, they think I'm tossing it. Yeah. Sometimes what I mean is, if it's a three-month or you break your yeah. leg or this, you are obviously injured. But when it's a little muscle one, you're maybe thinking, do they think I'm... Yeah, I think you, they're like, oh, is it, what, is it a calf again? And you're like, yeah, it's the calf again. But and for them to think that. And it might, be an, it, might, it might coincide with an away trip, like, say... You know, a, a away trip at maybe a, a ground that's a Burnley away, not obviously like a Burnley away, which is going to be so the shout for ah oh, Burnleyitis. Yeah, you've got the Burnley calf, and yeah. when really you, know, you are genuinely injured, like, but but it, it is one of them, like you know, it is in the changing. To be honest with you, I I felt a little bit detached this year because obviously over the years I've been able to affect the group obviously playing wise and I felt this year that I haven't been able to do that yeah. and obviously I'm part of the group and I've been here a long time and, and everything that surrounds that but I've also felt a little bit um, not part of it because I haven't been able to be out there with the boys every day training every day on the, every weekend uh, for matches so it's been quite tough in that respect there. especially the players that maybe are new to the club this year that haven't trained with you every day yeah. you think they might see you as like a, a goal between between the players and the staff or, or something like that. Is that is that fair? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Obviously, when like I went a to the, snake, You're a little snake. <laughs> when I went to player coach, maybe they did. It, maybe when I was a player coach, they did think that. But no, it's a little bit. It is. It is a little bit. Like I just found it frustrating this year. I didn't feel as part of it as I have previously. Even if I was fit and I wasn't, I wasn't making the bench. I always felt part of it because I was there and I was fit. Whereas this year. I've had so many injuries. I've not travelled to many games. I've been out of squads so many games. I've not quite felt as part of it before because of that. How was it? You know, you mentioned getting onto the coaching side and stuff. How did you, how did you find that experience? It was it was it was alright. It was it was. Did you um, look back and it think was that real? Did that actually happen? It was a little bit of a blow at the time. You know, obviously with with Claude leaving and Paul offering me the job as assistant coach. Um, 
I liked, to be honest with you, I liked the way that Paul worked in terms of his training and how everything was organised. I think it was a great chance for me to learn off someone who's very experienced as a, as a, as a coach. But um, all of a sudden, you're coming in at 8 o'clock, you know, from being a player, rolling at just before 10 and coming out by half one, two. You know, I'm getting in at 8 o'clock, we're having a meeting after meeting before training, planning training. Obviously, we have training and we're going out after training, whether it's the team for the weekend, selection, who's trained well, who hasn't, what formation, who are you going to play, what we're going to do against the opposition. It was like, there was so much. Intense, yeah. It was so intense. It was like, and then you're not leaving till, you know, you're probably leaving the training ground. You're getting in at eight, you're leaving at like five-ish. But then even when you're at home, you're still thinking, you may be flicking the laptop open, looking at, we're going to be talking about set pieces tomorrow. Yeah. I need to look at what, Man United do set piece wise, and it was not. It was non. It was a great experience. Uh, you know, I think it was the right thing for me to do at that point that to get the the experience and see the other side. I also think the guys that I worked under or alongside were um, very good people to to. You didn't do work that. under mate. They were under you. <laughs> you were the boss, mate. I was the boss for two games, mate. And look how that ended. <laughs> Five 0 at Anfield. Well, that's a lesson to all fans who are now saying, you know, Carlos is leaving. Maybe Leon Britton is the man. Just look back on those two games, guys. That's not what you want for your club. To be fair, mate. League two is looming if that's the choice you go for. Listen, mate. We played Palace at home. We was losing 1-0. I looked on the bench and I thought Jordan A was up for this. I see the way he warmed up and I thought he, he's ready for this. I yeah. brought him on. Brilliant goal, cutting from the left, 25 yards in. We went to Anfield. You thought Jordan Ayo was your man? Yeah, I thought he was, he's earned his place in the starting 11 after coming on and scoring. Spoke to the boys two hours before the game. Said, right, Liverpool like to press in midfield. In midfield, you've got to take one or two touch maximum. That's where they want to press. Oh. It's a cocktail, it's right? A cocktail. Yeah. I'm having a Bloody Mary. Um, and within five minutes, within five minutes, ball rolls into midfield. I think it might have been Jordan Ayew. Takes maybe four or five touches. <laughs> Dispossessed, Coutinho, 25 yards, 1 0 down. Yeah. Oh. Boys, did you watch the video and did you hear the meeting? Two hours before. And then... he, he learned his lesson after that, didn't he? Um, probably not. Probably not. It wasn't the. Uh, He's been great, Jordan. He's been great. He's been great since uh, January, since I haven't managed him. But <laughs> maybe he didn't like my management style. But because that game, he didn't have the best. But it was a tough game. That it was tough when you stood on the sideline and number two goes in, number three, number four, number five, and you stood there Anfield in front of what is it now, fifty-five thousand or something. Lonely like that. place. It's difficult, you know. Inexperienced, standing in for you know the time being until a new manager's announced. It was difficult, but. Still a good experience though, you know, like the club the club asked me to do it and you know, I don't regret it. It was something that I had to say to the club, yeah, I do. So vacancy now, Carlos leaving, you know, I assume he's left. I assume Swansea haven't beaten Stoke seven nil and Southampton have lost three or four nil. There's a vacancy there. Not for you? Not at this moment. Not not at this moment. Like I said I, I said when I when I had the caretaker's job, I said, I said, uh, you know, obviously one of the first things I was asked, do you want this job permanently or on a longer term basis? I didn't want it. And 
at the moment it's not for me. Um, for me, the difficult thing is, like we've seen with Gary, obviously he played with Monks. He, you know, he loved being at the club. He had ambitions to be a manager, and then as soon as yeah. he's manager, you either get sacked or you move on because you're headhunted as such. If I become the manager, I'm going to have one of them two things. And I, I don't know if I want that Swansea. Um, it's home for me, and I don't know if I want uh, to put that on the line for things to be taken away from me, really. So it, at this moment, it's, listen, we can never predict what will happen in the future. Maybe if you ask me in two, three years down the line, if I've done a bit of coaching and cut my teeth a little bit, that I might say, you know what, I feel that I'm ready and I could do something if the time was right. But like you're shaking your head now, probably not. Could, could they have been different, Draken, if you would have beat Palace and then you go, to, you go to Anfield and you get a win and you get that buzz like a, a drug in your vein? Could it have been different, do you no, reckon? No, it wouldn't. I, I, knew for, I knew from the moment I took the phone call to ask if I'd do it that it weren't going to be something that I wanted to do. We could have won both games and I'd still be like... I know I would have maybe took the next game after uh, Liverpool, I don't know, was it Watford away? I think it was Carlos's first game. Maybe I'd have took that game, but you know, I know I'd have maybe been pressured from other places to to stay on longer. But I wouldn't want to do that to me. It's not something that I wanted to do at that moment. I, I, you know, people ask me that question: Do you want to get into coaching? And at the moment, I'm heavily linked with the the Wrexham assistant manager's job. What is that? Because you're friends with Sam, or is that because of your quality? Probably because I'm friends with Sam. But yeah. it's not for me because I know at the moment anyway, similar to you, you want to be a coach or a manager, you've got to think about football 24 hours a day, mm. right? I just don't want that in my life. Is that how you feel? You want to switch off and yeah. I assume after a long career, you just want to enjoy a little bit of your life. I think, that, yeah, that's the thing. I've been a player a long time and I just feel um, a break from the day in, day out of training, everything to do with being a professional whether it's a coach or a player I think I could just do with a little bit of time out I just feel that like otherwise jumping in, jumping from a player into a, a coaching role I just feel like you know I would like the break you know I'm not saying I wouldn't do it further down the line but I just feel a break from the game like that wouldn't be a bad thing for me and more for the family I've got young kids I've got young family it'd be nice to be able to spend a bit of time whether it's Christmas or taking a, a holiday during a season when it's half term or something like that, something that you've never had the opportunity to do when you're a player. Is that the plan? Holidays? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe like, you know. A bit of skiing? Yeah, things like that, skiing, things that we've never been able to do when you're, when you're playing. Um, time over Christmas, maybe going away over Christmas or, or Easter or something like that where we've always been at our busiest. To, to take the opportunity to, to do that I'm not saying I'd do that forever but it would be nice for one year maybe just to say look it's a bit more relaxed I can have a bit more freedom and a bit more time on my hands to, to choose to do things like that rather than jumping into a coaching role where you know it's 8 o'clock in the training ground leaving at 5 weekends every other weekend away travel again same as a player um you know, a year away from that wouldn't I don't think is, is the worst thing so what is the plan what's going to happen moving forward well I'm, I'm going to be taking over not taking over I'm going to be ambassador alongside um, <laughs> taking over well, I think Trons is going to be my assistant I think that's what um, <laughs> the chairman said 
No, no, I'm gonna be ambassador. I'm gonna be ambassador like Chuns. So I'm gonna be very similar to what Lee's doing, working in the community, schools, charities, uh, local football teams, and and other bits and pieces. Um, so I'll do that um, starting uh, starting September. So I'll do that starting in September. Um, see how that goes. Um, something that I spoke to the club about in recent months. The the chairman and the owners and everyone else at the football club was, was happy for me to to um, to go along with that. I think there's I think Lee's got a lot of work. I think there's a lot of work in the community that he, he can't do it all on his own. Even though he does an amazing job, you know we always see how much how much work he does. So I'll do that for for the t- you know for the time now. And then I think with the chairman when we spoke, it's always a case of as we go along. We'll, we'll re- reassess it and see see what the options are as we go along. And that doesn't change. Obviously, I'm assuming this plan would have been in place, thinking Premier League, but relegation doesn't change it. No, it doesn't change it. I mean, when I spoke with the chairman, it's not it's not been dependent on on what league we are. Um, so that, I think that will stay the same. I think obviously where we've had seven years of Premier League football and how big Swansea is in the community, I think okay, we're disappointed that we've dropped in the Championship. But I still think. The football club, the football club will have a massive uh, input into the city still, even though in the championship. And I think the community will still need the football club, um, so they'll need obviously Trans as an ambassador myself to keep that. Probably even more so. I think it's easier when you're in the Premier League and you know your name's in in the bright lights and it's on the map. I think even more so when we we're dropping into the championship that we need to make sure we keep that. The last time we spoke, you know, the hope was for a for a global ambassadorial role. Not on the cards. Got to stay local. I think in the contract it says that I have to... sake you. I think in the contract it says I have to work abroad a little bit. So, tours and... So I'm hoping there could be a few trips abroad, mate. Um, Need a friend? It's important to, you know... I've got Trans as a a friend, pal. What? I've got Trans as a friend, mate. Maybe if you do a bit of radio work. Do you think it's important to take I'll a podcast global? I'll speak with Jonathan Walsh to see if they can do maybe a little bit of um, ex-players who hardly ever played um, that have gone into media huh? um, that could maybe do a couple of commentaries against a, a Division 3 team in Austria. <laughs> I'll put your name forward. I'm happy to do that. Oh, I like that. I think it's important to spread the message that football is not all bright lights and you know, there's darker times and mediocrity. I you think I could about, be. The... You should know about mediocrity. Absolutely, I'm more than happy to spread that word. <laughs> so, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to bridge this from the word mediocrity, but relegation seems to be something that is like seems to be almost from your period as manager, the club looked doomed, right? There's no hope in hell of staying up. But Carlos came in and he had a little lift. And then towards the end, it just sort of snowballed almost without people noticing. Did you feel that in the dressing room? Obviously, when he came in, we had that. We had Do you that. like how I had a real long-winded question there, meaning that I could hammer you, and then by the by the time I've got to the end of it, you've forgotten. Yeah, you've done well there, mate. You've used your experience. Thank you. In this media world, something that I need to pick up on. But Carlos, Carlos came in and we had the bounce, didn't we? Though, like straight away, we we picked up some points. The win at Watford and. Uh, and the other games, to be honest, the run is 
kind of the opposite of what we had last season. We went through like a period under Paul. Start, we started well and then we went on a period where we didn't win for six games, I think. And then we finished strong. You needed that, yeah, like big results against big and, clubs. And Hull had the opposite. Like Hull had been doing well under Marco Silva. Yeah, yeah. And then when they needed that last five or five games or whatever it was, they had a bad run of form. Whereas this year, we've had the opposite. We've had the same as Hull as such. Yeah. Started off well, but when we really needed... Uh, just the one result, just to get you over the line. Uh, staff here in the best way. Staff in Morgan's, eh? Bloody hell. Is that where we are? I didn't know. Uh, Lovely place, but bloody hell, mate. Look after your glasses. <laughs> but we just we just hit bad form at the wrong time. But then at the same time, I think you've also got to look, if, if we had a bad run of form at the start under Carlos, we would have left ourselves miles too much to do. So we give ourselves, in his early period, a chance. It's just unfortunate we just couldn't carry on that form um, in the last what, six or seven games when we really did, needed it. Did you feel it? Like I, I've been relegated towards the end of my career and there was a feeling in the dressing room when you lose that, when that momentum shifts and you are losing and you can't even score a goal, never mind get a win. It's a horrible feeling. I know you, I know you haven't been involved on the pitch and that, but has it been something that you were aware of? Um, you could feel the difference. All I can say is I feel the difference from last season going in that last period in this season. I just felt last year we was going to do it. Like I felt confident that we was going to do it. We was going to get the results we needed. Whereas this year, I know we had the um, Man City game and Chelsea game, um, which was always going to be difficult. But uh, I, I, I just felt, I didn't feel the confidence that we was going to get the results that we really needed when we really needed to pick up. No Sigurdsson and Llorente, you reckon, played a part? Of course, I mean, when you lose them two, I mean, I mean, how many goals did they score between them last year? I don't know, I'm guessing 30-odd goals or 35 goals between them or involved involved in that, that amount of goals. When you when you take that out of the team, it's hard to replace that in Premier League, you know, 30-odd goals. It's very difficult, you know, so, um, of course, that has an, that has an impact on, on the team. We need to try and replace that. Obviously, Wilfred come in. It's been unfortunate he picked up a long-term injury. Um, Andre's coming in in January as well. But um, you know, losing losing two players like that who would have guaranteed you you would have fought this season between them twenty odd goals. You would have said, which is in the Premier League, massive. Um, and that's been that has been our downfall. For being honest, it's just not it's just not scoring goals. You know, goals win your games. And this year we haven't we haven't. Uh, scored enough goals to keep us in the league it's, it's pretty simple and someone's come out this week you know leading up to the relegation hammering you a little bit naming names on Twitter I think Michael Loudruff's agent names a handful of people like big characters at club Monks Ash you Tatey Martin Morgan for being I, I, don't, I don't even know what he's accusing you of like being a negative influence maybe hounding him out what's your response to that uh, I'm, you know I'm not going to comment on things like that. It's something that happened, you know, four, I don't know, was it now, four years ago or something like that when, when Michael left the club. Um, strange timing is coming out, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on, on things like that. Michael deserved better, you know, from you. Obviously stabbing him in the back. 
Listen, I, I, honestly, it's come right, out of nowhere. It's come out of nowhere. Obviously, I woke up this morning and, and see some things on Twitter, but listen, that's that's his opinion. I, I don't know the guy personally. I've seen I've seen him about the training ground or on away trips. I've never spoke to him, so you know, I, I don't know where it's come from. But I'm not going to get involved in in words and stuff like that. That's 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 his opinion. Do you reckon at the time, you know? As we talk now, it's, it's raw, just been relegated. Fans will be angry. Um, fans will have seen it coming maybe for a couple of seasons and stuff. Do you reckon it can be seen as a good thing almost that fans can, players as well, can enjoy the football a little bit more? I, I just sense working on games the last three years. I can't imagine there's been a sustained period where people have enjoyed coming down the Liberty, knowing that you're not going to go on a run of four games winning every one whether the championship might bring that back there's going to be a new manager hopefully a little lift for the place I think so I think the last four the last two or three years as a player haven't been that enjoyable if I'm being honest like fighting relegation is not fun it's it's a lot of pressure they say you're not winning games as regular you may be picking up you play four games in a month you might not win in a month you know when you win one game every six you know, and then you get to the end of the season you have to win games it's not under an unbelievable amount of scrutiny like yeah. in terms of TV the and media stuff like spotlight that. and everything and everything's getting questioned and out of form and players whatever it is it, you know the Premier League's the best league in the world we, uh, it, you can't say it's not but at the same time it's, it doesn't mean that it's the most enjoyable when you're fighting relegation and um, you're not winning all the time you're picking up a point and the team's not playing well but like I say you drop down to the championship I think in one way it won't hopefully be a bad thing if we do well in the league yeah. we'll get back to hopefully winning habits winning games regular which is what all players want to do which is what all fans want to see um, and we can get that feeling again whereas the last two or three years it's not been I don't know what our longest run of winning games is in the Premier League in recent years it's probably not not more than three in a row I don't think it's, it's a strange thing isn't it like how getting to the Premier League for fans players is the be-all and end-all. You see that as the, the bright lights and you, you want to play at the highest level possible. But then after a little spell, it becomes, my God, this is a bit of a grind. Like uh, A little bit. I mean, when you speak to you know, players or fans of other teams who have been in the Premier League and had the similar situation of us of being... Um, in relegation battles year after year and then go down and then they have a decent season and, and then they say oh it's great you know they're winning games every week yeah. they're fighting for promotion or you know like we spoke earlier on it might be there's always something in the championship you could be mid-table with 10 games to go or just in the bottom half but you've still got a chance of making the playoffs and achieving something in the Premier League it's not like that it's like you're down the bottom you're fighting you're fighting you're scrapping you just want to get a win you just need to get a win it's like you're one of the big boys or you just want to survive that's what it is unless you're one of the top six you get some teams like Burnley this year have had a great year um, maybe out of the ordinary whether they achieve it again next year I don't know but they achieve a seventh or eighth seventh place or sixth place spot but after that underneath them anyone could have gone down and it's like you say it's all about keeping your head above water and you know I'd love to be sat here talking about a season of just boring mid-season, yeah. plodding along 10th, 
not great for the fans, but as a player, it's great. But when you're fighting relegation, it's, it ain't fun. And the Championship gives you that, that thing where you might be so mediocre all season, you're mid-table, but there's 10 games to go and you think if we win nine and draw one, we're going to make the playoffs and momentum yeah. will be on our side. And, you know, there's that hope almost all through the season, isn't it? It's like, the, I think Sunderland done it under Roy Keane, didn't they? A good few years ago now, they was like... Struggling. Struggling, struggling. And then, I don't know, I don't know what the, how many games were left and stuff like that, but they were on an incredible run and finished off in the playoffs and got promoted. It's possible, isn't it? So you could write off your seasons 30 games of being mediocre and not doing much and being bottom half. But in the last 15, 16 games, you've got on a great run and all of a sudden you're in the playoffs and you get promoted. So that's why the championship's still a great league. Obviously, we spent a few years in it before getting promoted to the Premier League. And it's a, it's a great league. There's a lot of big teams in there. Yeah. Um, still great stadiums, very good players. Um, so I think the fan, obviously, we're all disappointed. Naturally, now where we're sat... Um, going into the Stoke game and probably going down, which we all know will probably be the likely outcome. Um, but the championship's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not, I think it's good for the club to maybe rebuild and say, if, if Carlos doesn't stay here, um, you know, a new manager comes in and then we re, re, rebuild the squad and look to, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy football such again. Best, best memories? Best memories, difficult best memories, because I've had so many at the club, and it's been so long. Alright, mate. That's a brag. Well, it's been. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't mind. It's been like three promotions, isn't there? There's been ODV vans, FAW cups. Oh, oh do, do you know what, I just done the, the the ambition is critical podcast with the, yeah. with the boys earlier. It's a couple of Swansea fans, and talking about the LDV, how at the time, it's what a brilliant day, like. It was huge, isn't it? Huge yeah. at the time, but then because because the club goes to the next level and the next level, and it's almost laughed at as in ah, oh, the greatest day in the club's history before this was that LDV vans. But it's important to take a step back sometimes and think. But no, listen, it was, it was listen, important for us boys who was playing then. It was massive, like you know, like sorting out the suit. It was like it's it's like the FA Cup final was such for. You've still got the suit? No, I haven't. I've sold it Have on you eBay. So, you sold it? What? Who bought that? Times are hard. Terrible. It was the pinstripe. Oh, it was the pinstripe, Willie Gray. Like Jones, the, the suit guy, he tricked us, I think. I think he had this uh, spare lot of 25 suits that he's thinking, I can't get rid of these. And then the mugs came in, Willie Gray bowling Willie, in. I think, it's hey. Willie, I think it's Willie Gray. Hey, hey, Leon, this is nice. He bullied us. Awful. Pink ties is what it was. Pin, pinstripe with a pink tie, I think it was, but... But no, them days, listen, them days, all right, we can, it's easy to look at where the club is now and the games we've played and stuff like that. But that was like our FA Cup final, sorting the suit, sorting your tickets, how many t- people were going to go, could I get in the tickets and playing at the Millennium Stadium. And like I say, it was, it was, a, it was a major day, but that was, that was still a great day. I, you know, I don't look back because I've been fortunate to play uh, in the Premier League and some brilliant games. That's still one of the highlights of my career. And then, you know, you spoke about the ambassador role, a few holidays, a bit of media work as well? I think I do a few, a few bits of media. I think with the ambassador role, it gives me maybe the flexibility to, to have the time to be able to do that. Um, obviously, if I was going into the coaching side of things, it would be a lot more difficult for me to do that because it's purely just down to 
the time consumed doing the coaching really um, but the ambassador work would give me the opportunity so you know, it's something that I've enjoyed doing previous um, again it's always been difficult because of being a player and maybe I have the option to do something in London but I don't want to travel because it's two days before a game yeah. you know? whereas now if something comes up on a Thursday and they say right you can come to London in the studio with Sky or something I can go and do that because I haven't got to worry about Saturday being in peak condition and my best fitness. Yeah, your back might be a little bit stiff after being in the car. Yeah, but I don't have to worry. Whereas if I'm a player and I'm thinking, shit, like my back's stiff on Friday morning. Yeah. Mentally, it's on your head going into the game. Whereas now it doesn't matter. So it give me the flexibility to do that. But it's always something I've always enjoyed doing. And something I'd like to keep up if I can, if, if I can get the option to do that. A few drinks with, you know, you haven't stopped talking about Jamie Redknapp all night. You know, new he's, mates. He's a good guy, mate. He's a good guy. He's quite smart, smartly dressed. I think with someone like yourself who's on S4C, I can understand maybe not the biggest audience. So people, it goes under the radio, your dress sense, but you could do with um, watching Jamie. What? And pick up a few things. He's, he's pretty smart, mate. Can't be rude, you know, man. You've got a bit of a brown cardi on tonight. It's uh, green. For the list. Is it green? I've always, hey, the legendary green cardi. We'll do that on another night. Listen, we have to talk about it. You wore the worst cardigan I've ever seen in my life. Christmas party, going out for dinner and that. And you thought it was nice, didn't you? Like bright green, illuminous. It was right, mate. What were you thinking? I was thinking I needed something to match your teeth that night. <laughs> and I thought, a nice green cardi. But no, that, that cardi's... It's gone down in history, really. Um, Listen, you're talking about my teeth. You've, you know, you've had a bit of work done on yours. They're shining, they're a bit bright here. I've, I've had a bash this week. I've bought this thing. You know, I'm working in the media and stuff, and I'm thinking, my teeth are going brown. I like a coffee. You yeah. know, it's affecting me. So I'm sitting there ten minutes every day now with a little, a little machine. On. You need more than ten minutes. Mate. <laughs> you need more. Try all night. Sleep with them. Is that what you did? I have done a bit of whitening, mate. I used to sleep with them in. Hey. Image is important, isn't it? You know? It is, mate, especially when you're on the telly. But when you're on S4C and there's not many people watching... Why <laughs> you being rude? I can understand. Why you being rude? Listen, it's got its audience and it's great. But it's not the biggest audience. And it goes under the radar. So you're saying this 10 minutes is a waste of time? I wouldn't ever say that, mate. Show, show some respect. <laughs> You've lived in Wales long enough. Come on, Leah. I love a bit of public com. Listen, I'm not going to keep you that long. We've had, a, we've had a decent night, a bite to eat, on you. Yep, you're right, a treat mate. for coming on my podcast. You've got me dinner. Hopefully, mate, there's going to be a few few more nights out now that you don't have to train, a few more beers. It will be good, mate. Next time you're down, maybe we can do a bit of a joint commentary. Oh, don't be taking my work, Leon. What? I would never do that. Otherwise, I'll take your a... place in the team, but I'd never take your media work. You know you couldn't do that. You know you couldn't. You, you cane Kenny all you like, mate. Every time we talk, but he knew that you were useless. Yeah. Look where we ended up, lads. You taking centre midfield and me playing right wing. Hey. Okay. Let's not end this on a sour note, mate. It's been a pleasure talking to me. I think your career has been unbelievable. It's been a pleasure to play alongside you, witness you uh, from the commentary booth for a little spell, see manager after manager try and get rid of you. But like a bad smell, like you'd a keep coming back. Like a boomerang. You would keep coming back. 
Fred, it's been a pleasure, mate. What's up, man? Cheers, mate. Cheers, lad. Thank you. Another one done. Big thanks to, to Leon for coming on. Second time on as a guest. Swansea, cult hero, legend, icon, call him what you will. But one thing I will say about him is he's not changed. Doesn't matter where his career's gone, what league he's been in, financially, um, what's going on with him, he hasn't changed a bit. And that is credit to him. And I'm sure he'll be a successful, you know, whatever he does in the, in the future, starting off with a, with an ambassador role for the club. He'll be out and about with, uh, with Lee Trundle, doing their thing, promoting the good work of the club. So best of luck to him. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that podcast. Uh, thank you to Morgan's Hotel once again for, for allowing us to use your facility for the chat. I look forward to having uh, having a few more beers with Leon now that he doesn't have to worry about training, worry about playing games. I'm sure he can let loose. Looking forward to seeing that little beer belly of his grow, which is inevitable. He has said he wants to run. He's going to take part in a few few runs, half marathons and, and what have you to start with keep fit but there'll be a beer belly don't you worry about that I'm sure I'll chat to Leon again hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast same as usual leave a review subscribe spread the word this was the Longman's Football World till next time